was going to be good. Did you hear it? I heard that. Cut deep. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know my boss was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nice to say that about Joel. Especially when he's right in the room. <laughs> say it behind my back. <laughs> Do you recognize my voice? Pornography. Probably not. <laughs> what? Enjoy pornography. We talk about pornography. Accountability. And Jonathan's beard. Uh, episode 10 of, of On Ramp. We're talking about accountability. We're building off of our last episode where we talked about the making of a leader. So you're joining us today. We're going to talk about what is accountability, maybe what isn't accountability, where where does accountability uh, is healthy and where accountability is not healthy. So, we have uh, Jonathan joining us. Yes. Or Greg is in disguise. Yes. <laughs> I dyed my hair. So li- and grew a real beard. <laughs> little oh little oh, little one. brother energy is is in the room. To this. <laughs> <laughs> he won't. Are you kidding me? Greg doesn't listen to anything. He's away enjoying his time with fam and uh we have Jonathan here guest with us and uh you don't see him but Nathaniel Shang is behind the camera, one of our interns, so thankful for you too, Nate. We see you. <laughs> Nobody else sees you. <laughs> So, accountability. Accountability. What is accountability? Ladies first. (laughs) I thought the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a long pause in this one. I think, I mean, we can always dictionary definition it, but I think for me, there's had to been, the subject is an important one. And I've been thinking about it since we recorded the last podcast because I mentioned lying on an annual interview form. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) If you didn't hear that, go back and watch it. Um, And then read in a book uh, about Eugene Peterson, about him in a similar, very similar experience. Mm. And it got me thinking about the fact that accountability is so important in leadership. And yet it's misunderstood, uh, misapplied, has done damage and harm and having to consider what it means to me. And for me, accountability is um, the ability to relate in such a way where I can be open and honest about not just the struggles of life, but there's a safety in a relationship where I can be open and honest to areas of growth, whether that's through sin or through behaviors that need to change or beliefs that need to change. Um, just an established relationship where there's some safety to my desired areas of growth. Um, so for me, that's what accountability means. Maybe it does need to be a dictionary definition, but um, for me, that's what it's meant is that there's a, a safety in the relationship mm. that I can, I can grow in. Yeah. I think for me, there's a few different definitions of accountability. Um, based on there's things I keep myself accountable to that nobody else knows. There's things that my wife keeps me accountable to 
that no one outside of our relationship might know. There's things that friends keep me accountable to that um, based outside of that relationship, other people might not know. There's things that congregation members keep me accountable to every time I preach. They're keeping me accountable to <laughs> truth and theology and doctrine and coworkers. So I think relationship, to me, it's always allowing an outside perspective to um, speak into my life about areas that I'm trying to improve on, trying to get better at, or maybe areas of past failure that they're kind of people that I've invited into my life to provide some of those boundary lines or mm. to ask me about those boundary lines to kind of keep me you know, on the path, so to speak. So I think there are varying degrees based on trust, based on relationship, and based on like arenas of... Um, yeah, again, my marriage accountability different from my teaching accountability. Um, anyway, I don't know if that was a definition or just a defining the different areas of accountability. And I just think we, we, I mean, we talked last week or last uh, episode about good leadership. And when we consider the issues that have gone on in different, you know, denominations and leaders over the last couple of years... We know instinctively that something is missing in providing like safety and longevity in leadership. Like what is the missing piece? And a lot of people have brought up the idea of accountability and how, how do we have institutional accountability? How do we have accountability within leadership? Is that even the right word? Are we... Yeah. yeah. Is that the like... What what do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, my experience of accountability has been mixed. I feel like there's two very different types. Uh, one is like where you step into it yourself. You step into accountability. You ask somebody to keep track of you or to help or to guide you in a certain way. And the other is when you're in a certain position and you're receiving leadership, whether you like it or not. Um, and that's just the position you're in, which many of us are. And in that case, I feel like there's definitely the unsafe and the safe areas of accountability of which both I've experienced. Um, but fortunately at Northside, it's been all good so far. I'm a little worried for the future, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, I think, yeah, accountability, it has to be like a, a two way conversation. I think that's something that's super important. It can't just be somebody harping on you, right. For where you've gone off course. Cause that just makes it, terrible man you just walk out and you feel terrible but much like a counseling experience or my experience of counseling when you when you walk into that room you you want to share places that that you're looking to improve on you want to share you want to bring it up and you want to hear what they have to say because there's trust built I think that's like a more healthy version of accountability but I, I like what you said I don't know if accountability would be the right word to use because it's accountability almost seems like counting your things and putting them in order where I feel like the healthy experience of accountability is stepping more out. It's, uh, it's not just putting things in order. It's stepping out of that and looking to, to more things like the future vision and, and not just focusing on what's going wrong, focusing on what's going right and what more can go right. So then a challenging question would be, is that because our understanding of accountability is influenced for the negative by 
programs or like purity culture or that kind of mandated accountability where it's so attached to sin that it's like, I have to stop this. So you need an accountability partner. And it's been somewhat maybe abusive at, at times or mandated where I don't know that that has to be the expression of accountability. And I'm not saying that's the only thing. It's just striking me. If we, if we want to run this race of leadership with longevity and finish well, what, how do, how do we do that? How do we, how do we increase a culture of, of sustaining leadership over the distance? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I could speak to the purity culture statement for just for a second. I think that the way that accountability came to around purity was a list of things that we shouldn't do. Um, so don't dress this way. Don't, speak this way, don't watch this, don't watch that, don't be alone after 10 o'clock with, you know, in my case, a girl. Don't w watch certain things, don't, 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 all this don't, and nobody really ever showed me what to do. Everything was what not to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I see this still in culture today. I mean, our our kids uh, go to a school and, and something that they say in their in their um, dress code policy was um, girls should should dress modestly and boys should dress smart. Um, in other words, what that's saying is, is if girls just dress this way, then boys will be okay. Um, what that says is, um, is that you know, you know, you know, again, purity culture is accountability is just, you know, don't do this and then it'll lead to this. And I think what's missing in accountability is how to, what to do, how to think, um, what is healthy ways of relating to each other. Um, instead of a list of not doing, what it, what does it mean to have healthy relationships? Teach me how to have a healthy relationship. Teach me what it's like to, um, what to look for in a person in a healthy way. Teach me, and and anyway, so on the purity culture thing, I, I think that needs a lot of work, especially as the church. Uh, not just showing kids what not to do, but teaching them what to do. Um, anyway, uh, and I think accountability is is similar. Like, don't just call me when you've, like if we're accountability partners, say Jonathan and I were accountability partners, like I hate that word. He hates that word, so I'll keep using it. Faith, um, you know, it, typically that means call me when you failed. Yeah. Okay, in AA, in yeah. AA, it's just, it's very similar. So if you're an AA and you're a recovering alcoholic, you have a sponsor, and you would call that sponsor when you fail, right? When you went out, fell off the truck, or you want to. Um, and in there, it's it's that same idea of like call me when you're in trouble. Whereas, um, anyway, I think it should be more than that. I'll just maybe leave it there. I've talked enough, but yeah. I think that's a good, a great point. And the reason I react like that to that word is because I remember, I forget, I think it was youth, youth camp back in like 2017. It's a very youth, oh, youth thing. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it was, I think it's, I think it's changing a little now, but, but my experience was find somebody and and as a guy like get an accountability partner and and then go between each other and make sure like you keep each other accountable so you're not watching pornography yeah. but 
like you said, there's literally no instructions. So, so, okay, you grab an accountability partner and this happened with me and, and let's say they came to me and were like, yeah, Jonathan, like I, I did it. I watched porn. Then I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, well, why would you do that? And then they'd be like, you did the same thing. I was like, well, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> like there was no step to take, yeah. like you said, Joel. Yeah. And that word, um, I forget, I read a book. It was either good and angry or it was, uh, um, another book, but, but it referred to accountability and kind of, there's like three types. I forget exactly what three types, but one of them was that shame type of accountability, which is unhealthy where it's simply just to point out your failures and there's no progress forward. And there's so many people who are probably discouraged in their battle against addiction, pornography, whatever it is because of accountability and how they've seen it fail in their lives, which brings them further away from words like that, which makes them more scared to step even into mentoring relationships where it could be a healthy thing. And it, and it degrades that. So there is sensitivity around that word for sure, especially in my, my generation. I think because we've made so much of accountability around shame and guilt, I don't even think we can lead somebody in a, like a what to do type situation. I'll give you an example. If you're walking down, the hallway and you see like a gash in the wall. So for instance, through the paint in the wall, you see this gash. And Did you oh, put a chair there? <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Uh, chairs through walls. Yeah. That's hilarious. You should put a picture. I can, maybe I yeah. could find one. Yeah. I have one. <laughs> That's amazing. So well, We won't need to say anything more. No. Just show the picture. That's it. You show <laughs> the picture. So all three of us here could see that hole in the wall. All three of us would say, there's a hole in the wall. It's obvious there's a hole in the wall. That's easy to see. How many of us could fix it? Right. Right. I don't know you. if any of us. Maybe me. <laughs> I didn't so want to assume. Saying, he is the perfect leader. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is I fix holes. No. Jonathan could take a really fine picture of it. Yeah. I could bring you coffee and lunch while you fix the wall. <laughs> that's how it works. And maybe that, maybe that's just it. Is that like there has to be the there is these multiple layers of accountability in terms of a we can all see there's a problem, so it's very easy to point that out. But that's kind of the shame guilt. I can point out that you have a problem. How do I help you build a healthy mindset around that issue in your life so that it doesn't happen again? That's work. That's that's like long term. And I don't know that we've I don't know that we've ever really done that. And so we just keep yeah. pointing out there's a hole in the wall. Yeah. I think part of it, I can't help but think that if Greg was here. This would be the perfect opportunity to talk about wellness. Yes. Wellness. Right, Greg? <laughs> because I think that if I look at my own life and leadership, the seasons that I've demonstrated the most health and growth is when I'm regularly invested in some kind of personal development, counseling, uh, very specific um, emotionally healthy spirituality or discipleship, um, different inner healing seasons where it's like a specific book or course or a mentoring season, those times and that accountability to show up at the same place each week or every other week or each month in those relationships where I've either chosen 
I've all, I've always had the choice in those matters. Like I've chosen to go to counseling. I've chosen to be part of this mentoring relationship. I've chosen to do this Bible study or group study. Those times have proven the most beneficial for leadership relationships, all the areas when I'm working on my own health, my own emotional health, mental health, spiritual health in that regard. So I can't help but wonder if Greg's like, you guys got it. It's all to do with. Um, Uh And I think part of the reason accountability partners and that kind of thing has failed in the past is because the people aren't equipped to say, all right, you don't want to do that. But I am not a counselor. Well, I, I could actually help you in that regard. But for a lot of years, I would sit Odd across. Flex. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But when I, was, <laughs> when I was a youth pastor, I thought about it over and over again. I'm like people, I would sit across the table from youth all the time as a young person, barely older than them. And they would say, I want to stop this. And I'm like, well, then stop it. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to help you. And feeling instinctively bad that I couldn't help. I don't know what to do. And then when I did the counseling program and understood psychology, understood patterns of behavior better, it gets easier to help. But you can't help everyone. Um, So it's very, I don't know. It's just a really interesting topic to me. I'm like... Yeah, and if I could add something from personal experience... Um, when I approached my counselor with issues regarding like lust and stuff like that, the first thing he said was that this isn't about correcting bad behavior. This is about finding victory in Jesus really was the, was the cure, so to speak. And, and having that mindset has helped me break down this inner, shame and guilt that I have towards this topic and change it into actually finding victory in the process of accountability and not walking away feeling weighed down, but walking away feeling equipped, like you said. So I think that's a huge part of the process for sure. And I'd be curious to ask you guys, since you're leading a team Mm -hmm. here at Northside or even congregation, you guys have many mentoring relationships i'm sure what have you guys learned over the years and that's transformed your thought of of healthy accountability because my experience of accountability with with you guys has been great but what has been like stepping stones in that development maybe things that you heard from a mentor things that you read in a book things that you heard from god that helped you in that journey or that transformed how you mentored and helped and did accountability with people I mean, I can comment a little bit on the overall way that I approach accountability is that every person I sit down with, I see as somebody who's developing. And if there's somebody who is developing, then for me, see, accountability is like everybody's at zero. They do something wrong and they go to negative one, negative two, negative three. And a lot of accountability has been set up, just get back to zero. Just get back to zero. Just get back to zero. So I've done this. Okay, we pray through it. You're forgiven. Okay, try not to do it by next week. They come back. They're dropping below. But they're really only ever trying to get back to like even, right? Zero. 
for me now, when I sit down with people, they're developing and I see, I try to see them through God's eyes. I also try to see them through like, what has God called them to in the future? Like way beyond zero. Like they're, I love that. You come to me and I'm like, okay, Jonathan, I see you as a 10. How do we get you there from wherever you're Thank at? Thank you. I know I look pretty good, but yeah. no, it's a 10. <laughs> Sorry. It's out of a hundred, but uh, anyway. So <laughs> oh, it's, oh, okay. That's different. <laughs> so I, so Who woke up in Joe's silence? <laughs> That's usually me. <laughs> I, so the, the point is, I think, versus maybe changing the word, I don't know, for me, from development. So I've had somebody come to me and they were like, I'm going through this. I'm smoking weed, um, you know, uh, you know, making out with all these girls in high school. This literally happened a few years ago. And he said, I'm struggling, I'm struggling, I'm struggling. I'm like, why don't you start a Bible study? And he was like, whoa, no, like I got all the stuff to work through. And I was like, well, why don't you start a Bible study? Like, forget about getting back to zero. How about we just place you at a 10? Started a Bible study, his whole life is transformed. Now I'm not saying that was always the best advice in every situation, but it's like call out of people their potential and their development. Yeah. yeah. And I think the issues that they're struggling with naturally fall off as they see more of themselves and of their life. And anyway. Yeah. I think that whole journey process is important. I think for myself, I noticed uh, organizationally, I've been in this organization for a long time, not Northside, but in general. And there was this annual point of checking in and checking on. And it for me, from the very beginning, I realized I needed to choose a better way for myself. If I was going to do this long term, I wanted to check in with people more regularly because it just annually did not work. And it, so, sorry, is this for yourself or for others? Like this, checking in on them for them? This is influenced in? why and how I work with others okay. is recognizing in myself, you know, if we do an annual position review, that's just, it doesn't serve a great purpose. So we've recently started doing a monthly check-in process here. And part of the, the resistance that I've heard is a little bit of fear of, you know, judgment or like what it's going to be about what I'm doing wrong. And my heart is to redeem that concept because it's not about what you're doing wrong. It's mm. about celebrating what's going on. That's a success. And then providing a pathway for development that you are involved in choosing because I, I mean, after we've related for a while, I can say we have a enough relational bridge for me to cross and say, Jonathan, do you mind if I observe, I've observed this in you. Do you mind if I say this to you? But I wouldn't have said that a year and a half ago when I first met you. Yeah. Now I could say to you, Jonathan, do you trust me enough to say X? And I could stay in relationship with you yeah. and dialogue with you to be able to say maybe a harder truth than usual. I'm not sitting here saying I have something to say. But because we have these now monthly points of check-in, you are part of setting your own goals. And I just think there's huge power in autonomy. So you get, you're at the steering wheel of your life. You say, I want to grow in these areas. And I can say, yeah, we can say, yeah, we see that about you. Have you also considered this? 
Maybe this is an area that you'd like to grow in. You know, you consider what it would look like for you to grow in that area. So it's, yes, can we support you in that? What do you need from us? Is there, you know, asking someone, do you need me to ask you after meetings this question? Is that helpful to you? No? Okay, that's fine. What is helpful for you? Um, So it's, for me, it's trusting that, it's trusting you. It's trusting our relationship. It's trusting the, the safety and culture that we're trying to cultivate here. And I don't know that that's like just an automatic given in every place, in every situation. But yeah, I just think that for me and my leadership and the way I'm trying to connect monthly, weekly is, a, is too much. Yeah. Bi-weekly can be depending on the season. And then so for like leadership, personal relationship, that kind of thing, checking in monthly, you know, how was your last month? What are your goals coming up? Blah, 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 that kind of thing. So I'm curious, what would happen if you say to somebody, um, so you saw an issue ongoing, you didn't have that relationship. However, you're supposed to be their overseer. What would you say? What would you say if somebody says, and you said to them, you know, Bob, we don't have a Bob that works here, by the way. You know, Bob. We did, but no longer. <laughs> That's a joke. He's gone. <laughs> That's actually Nathaniel's first name. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> but what would you do if the person said, no, I don't want, uh, you know, you said to them, can I, can I give you feedback as an area that, you know, I've noticed? And they said no. And they said no next month. And they said no next month. Oh, that's not an option. Oh. So what point does it go from them driving the bus where you allow them to invite you to speak in to it's, okay, it's not an option. Like, where does that, you know what I mean? Okay, I thought of an analogy. I feel like it's if you're driving a boat. Yeah. Like, you can steer your boat in a certain direction, but if you're crashing into crashing into other ships... Okay. Something's got to happen. You can't. You can't be allowed to just keep wrecking havoc, right? So you mean other ships being other people? <laughs> like if your people, your decisions are affecting other people in the workplace, not then just, it has to be. Well, not just that. I think it. I think just having it other people would be a limiting, obvious limitation. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe that's just like a little bit too. Well, Jen was abstract. quick to say that's not an option or something. So true. So well, how? Yeah, I would phrase it in I have so I I have a very specific situation coming to mind where I had to bring up something to somebody, and I said I have to bring up something to you, and I uh, there wasn't an option; it had to be brought up. There was a situation that had taken place, so there wasn't an option. So I might not give ask permission at the offset, but he reacted very poorly. either in my wording or timing or delivery, he just went from zero to 100 and was about to storm off. And I said, that's when I stopped and I said, we have been in relationship for three years. I have observed you on this experience. This is a gift. This is a quality of you. And I could give very specific feedback, encouragement, Um, you know, we've worked together on this, we've worked together on that, we've worked together on the other thing. Do you not, after all of that, trust me to bring this to you? And if you don't, 
I respect that, but I also challenge it and question, you know, who can you take this piece of information to that you will trust? So this is an identifiable issue. If you don't trust that it's coming from me, and in this case, like if this was a workplace here, it wouldn't just be me. There would probably, there would be a team effort. I wouldn't just go out on a limb and be like, Jonathan, fix this. If it was, you know, an, a thing that was a, a, an aware of situation, um, there, there are times where stuff needs to be delivered information needs to be delivered to you, not like you need to be delivered. Um, but like there, there are situations where something needs to be said, this isn't okay. Or your pattern of communication at staff meetings is X, or this is a situation that we can't have in three months. We can't be having the same conversation in three months. So there's a certain amount of, you get an opportunity to see if you can fix it. And then if you can't, we are going to be having this conversation again. Um, or if you don't trust or you don't like that I've brought this to you, then take it to someone that you do trust or that you can say to them and not just be somebody that's going to be a yes person, but you know, this is what was said at work about me or about my work or about my performance or about my personality. What do you think about that? Can you help me process it? I mean, I've had to do that. Take it to my counselor and be like, this is what was said. So yeah. yeah, I think that's like a, both of those steps, like one, the delivery needs to be kind and loving while also true and frank. But then when you receive it, you have to be able to like go to somebody and process it in a way that's healthy. Otherwise, even in me, like we had a conversation, you brought up something that I had to do that I had to correct. And I was like, I was like, oh crap. Okay. And while it wasn't a big deal, easy correction, I still went home and, and bubbled on it and just was like, I feel like a failure in a way mm. yet after processing it, you talk about it a little bit with the right people. Then you realize that, that there was no power in, in your failure. Yeah. And that's not the point. It's not about a failure. So, but it takes, it takes both, both mm-hmm. people. I think that's a hard balance to, mm. to hit, especially man, when, when accountability has been ruined for mm-hmm. some people, that definition and then they receive feedback and don't know what to do with it, mm-hmm. that can hurt. And that's why I think the, I also think feedback and accountability are very close conversations because if I've like, if I receive feedback, I have to be accountability accountable to grow. And sometimes we just leave that within ourselves. Okay. Yeah, I'll do better. But sometimes we need that external awareness. Mm. If you say, you have a homicidal face before services, which you haven't, but I have heard in the past and I have to grow and develop in that regard. Then I have to have a friend that's like, check your face and I have to trust that person. So, um, yeah. Did you commit a murder? (laughs) No, I have not. (laughs) And I'm not even lying about that. (laughs) Do you think that accountability can happen without encouragement in that relationship? Like for me, encouragement um, builds trust that I have the best for this you. Or people that are encouraging to me, they're, like encouragement for me builds a certain amount of trust in the relationship. In other words, 
this person wants the best for me. But I was just thinking about that. Like, can you have accountability in a relationship where there isn't positive feedback or no. encouragement or no? I don't think so. Yes. You think so? Just to disagree with you. I'm just kidding. No, I actually think you can. I really think it depends what you're being kept accountable for. Because if it's something that's more um, uh, qu- quantitative, then I think if it's just tracking your, your record in that sense and, and keeping that on track, I think that's different than when it's more qualitative or about your character, then I think it becomes more intimate. And that's where trust needs to be so built. So if we, yeah, if we return to this concept of leadership or being involved with church ministry, that kind of thing, does that change your answer? Can accountability in the leadership process, being that it's much more qualitative, much more of an art form than a science? Um, in that, yeah, in that context, definitely. Like there's yeah. no way I could do accountability with you guys if I didn't have trust. Yeah, and I think that comes from encouragement. I also think it also comes from the ability, for me, um, if you can't, if I, if you're only ever saying good things about me, I have a hard time. I have a really hard time with that because I don't know that I trust you to say the harder things. So. Mm. What do you mean? Can you explain that? Yeah. If you're always like, that's a great sermon. You're great. That's great. Fantastic. Excellent. If I then come to you and say, you know, uh, Joel, a couple months ago, well, quite a while ago now, did a leadership review for one of the courses that he was in, and we were filling in surveys about different dynamics of leadership. And if I can't trust that you would give me a one or a two instead of a four or a five, um, it's really hard for me to trust you in an accountable relationship. If you can't say, no, you really are bad at listening or you really are, you really are good at listening. If you really are bad at whatever, communicating when you're tired, um, which I am really bad at. Um, yeah. If I can't trust that you're going to say the hard things, it's really hard for me to be in an accountable relationship. If you're just going to always be encouraging, but encouraging. I feel like you're perfectly encouragement great is communicator when you're tired. <laughs> no, you're just perfect person. Honestly, <laughs> shut up, Jonathan. I don't trust you. <laughs> Nice shirt, by the way. That shirt choice? That shirt choice was amazing. Oh, my goodness. That was not planned. Joel is lost. Oh, Joel, what are you wearing? Some heathen brand on you? Yes, Adidas. awkward. Yeah. No, but I would agree. Sorry to interrupt. If there's an encouragement, I... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there has to be... I guess it does depend on what you're... So, like, if we're playing tennis and you're like, okay, keep me accountable if I can serve the ball into the box 10 times in a row right. and you miss three. Well, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the quantitative you're talking about. I think we're, as we're looking at, you know, personal accountability for me, I have received, um, what's the word? I have received feedback from people that don't like me, aren't for me. Um, just really, and they said it in the wrong tone and they meant it in the wrong way and all of that. But it was true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I had to take it, I had to take it, that, and and cut out all the emotion in it and um, 
anyway, I won't even go into the specifics, but I take it and I had to take it and go to people that I did trust, but people that will tell me yes and no, right? The good and take it to them and go, what do you think about this? And, and every single one of them threw out that piece of feedback. So I was able to, uh, or in this case, um, agreed with that feedback. Um, but I've had others where they've, I've taken it to people and they've been like, no, that's not from, like, that's not you, that's not, and I've thrown it out. So I think it's really important with a lot of these, these accountability feedback, whatever we call it, uh, development conversations to take it to people you trust, but not all yes people. I agree with that because I've had good feedback from people that aren't for me and I've had bad feedback from people that uh, are, are for me, like, you know, both sides of it. So I don't know. Community maybe. Man, and I have a, I have a question for you guys. I, w- I want to know if you can't talk about it. What's an ugly experience you've had with accountability in your personal leadership journey? And and how did it make you feel or how did you feel walking away from it? And was that like a, a long-term thing that you've sat in before? I'm curious. You want to go first? I'll go long. I'm not sure if I want to go first or not. <laughs> it's all right. We're here for it. Um, I, I, I can go, go first. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, and this one's pretty easy just because it's, uh, on, on June 5th being installed as the lead pastor of Northside Church. Uh, you know, a few times I no had, big deal, by had the way. people, yeah, a few <laughs> times people told me I would never be a lead pastor and I wouldn't be the lead pastor of this church. So I, I mean, I, I carried that or, or doubted, you know, people doubted, um, and so, you know, that's, that's one that you have to like, you have to live with, now I had at, in the same season, in that same time, honestly, hundreds of people that felt the opposite. So, and this is a very specific kind of thing, right? So you have to live with this tension of, you don't know. You really don't know like what part to keep and what part, so you have to, you actually carry a few of, of those that say you'll never be and a lot of those that say you will be and you just carry it for years. Like, and you have to just um, continue to do what you do and in light of that. But, you know, th- th- those were really hard ones that, um, and I don't think that's necessarily account. Well, it was accountability because it was, it was always feedback on, the way you spoke or the way you lead or the way, so it was right. accountability and feedback in that way. Um, but it, what I didn't like was like, it wasn't, it wasn't specific, which accountability should be. Like, for instance, your message on marriage, this was off or that was off. And that should have been a red flag. Like when it's not specific, it's, it's kind of a red flag. Like it's not something I can immediately improve on. It's not something I can quickly change. It's more of a who you are type statements. Those are dangerous, like accountability statements around the kind of who you are. Um, but yeah, that was, that was hard because you, you really don't know until, well, now I know that, you know, <laughs> this group of people was wrong. But yeah, those those had to carry for years. It's almost like in a season of being accountable to 
the the walk, the call, the job in a mm. in in a voice of, you know, uncertainty or yeah, knowing whether or not to keep going in that regard. But mm-hmm. um I think for me a very specific season of uh accountability that went awry. Um kind of similar to your youth mentality. I think that for a lot of people, that idea of an accountability partner is the only idea that are, that is had. So if there's an unhealthy coping strategy or unhealthy behavior or identified as, you know, anything that's like, stop doing that, Mm. get an accountability partner and you'll be fine. Well, there was in my early years of ministry, identifying, um, some issues around food that needed to stop. They were just unhealthy. It was just a very unhealthy pattern that was taking, taking root. And, um, sorry for me personally. Okay. Yeah. So this is my experience. And so the, I talked to another pastor about it because I was very young in ministry, talked to another pastor about it. And they said, you need an accountability partner. Just, you have to stop doing that. You have to, it was just, you have to stop doing that. You need an accountability partner. So I asked someone to be an accountability partner and it was, it was brutal. It was like every day they would call and ask exactly what I'd eaten exactly. And it was like, mm. there were a couple times in public where they said something and it felt like they had power over me Oof. and it was, it was, it was painful and it was shaming. Like I have two experiences where that was one. And then another one was in a, a group counseling session that I was a part of. And one of the people it, that was like a group accountability where we had to identify something we wanted to grow in over the course of um, a semester. And one of the people in that experience outed me in front of like the class And sitting there and I was sitting beside a friend. And so both times I've had people close enough to me that have identified this is not okay. When part of my story is being outed by somebody else, I've had people alongside me that are like, this is not okay. What's happening. This is not okay for you. This is, this is not your choice that part of your story is being told on your behalf. This isn't safe. This isn't right. And that really soured for a lot of years, my experience with accountability to the point where even currently when I'm wanting to, to move out of this unhealthy thought pattern or identifying that is a lie that I've thought and believed about myself for years, but to get out of it is going to take a little bit more effort than I on my own can do even now I'm like, there is nobody I am inviting into this process, which is why it's such a curious topic for me, because there's still this like hesitance at times to, to be open, to be seen, to be vulnerable, to include people, which I know now there's much safer. I, I can do things in a more safe way for myself, but accountability has been very painful and both both of those times I felt like part of me was outed that wasn't my permission and it wasn't it wasn't safe it wasn't okay 
do you have accountability currently in your life for your biggest issues? That's a great question. Jonathan? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Jen. <laughs> Joel? Go ahead, Pastor Jen. I th- I think... I don't know that I do. I think that when you get burned, I think when I was younger, like when I was, when I was Jonathan's age, I was accountable. I was accountable for everything and anything. And I shared everything with certain people. Like it was, but I'm just looking back and I'm going, you know, right now I would say, I'm not sure. Like I, I think for me, it's not necessarily, uh, it's, it's maybe thought patterns or, things I think, things I, you know, and I'm like, am I? Like, I'm literally sitting here thinking, am I and would I? And do I need? Yeah, and do I need to? That's why why I'm thinking this topic is very interesting because do, is it, is it important? Is it necessary? Yeah. I, I love, I love where the conversation just went. And I think that brings up, it reminds me of something in my life where, in a similar experience, like being accountable with a lot of people, man, that does give them power. Mm-hmm. Um, and even vice versa, like I can say somebody I knew closely, somebody I know closely that they wanted me to keep them accountable uh, in the issue of pornography. And, and it, it did give me a power over them and they would kind of turn their head down and look their eyes away. But it, but man, even I felt wrong with that power. It wasn't in the right hands. Um, and I think even sometimes it can be kids with their parents where they feel like they have to be accountable to their parents for these things. Um, it could be anything. It could be school. It could be grades. It could be, yeah, it could be so many different things. Yet that you have to be so careful. The people that you choose to be accountable with because cause if you ruin it, for yourself almost it's going to be hard to do it again and I, I know that having a counselor wellness <laughs> yeah um, is key man to be to be able to go to somebody and not all counselors are safe but having a counselor that is safe somebody you trust somebody that you can bring anything up with and and maybe they're not the only person accountable for your, for that area of your life but I think that's important Joel I think you need counseling Joel Oh yeah, I definitely need counseling. I think I think as well you um accountability has to be more focused on positive like reinforcement or Yeah, that's why success. I think the word the word just that, sucks. It's because the word is basically I assume it's it's all built around failure. I assume you're going to fail and when you do call me. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not I don't gonna know what the, to do. I don't call you the other six days when you've succeeded and you right. haven't watched porn or whatever, right? Food or you know whatever, right? Like it's, yeah. I wonder so, if anybody has a good impression of that word. Like yeah. really, I feel like. Even so what's the word? Reading, reading the good question. Good what's question. the new what's, word what's that we're creating? In smart this? goals. <laughs> Which I mean, in that sense, like I just. Is it a culture you create? Like, I know in this season, I've been meeting with one woman each week and it's afforded 
an accountability that is, I didn't see happening. I didn't know that that was going to be a benefit of it. But me being accountable to coming to a place each week and talking, answering questions about myself and having to think about things and pray about things um, has been something that I haven't had for years. And it's benefited who I am, how I lead, and what I'm doing. Um, And it's not an accountability relationship. Like, it's not like I've said, I need to stop doing this or I need to start doing this. But there's been a safety around it to for me to take steps towards wholeness and away from broken patterns of Joel has something to say, broken patterns of living. (laughs) Formation. Instead of accountability? Yes. Spiritual formation, life formation. It is. And I think the, the art or the spirit, spiritual direction, if we could go back mm-hmm. or if we could discover that or rediscover that or talk right. about that as an option of life, uh, being involved with the spiritual director years ago, mm-hmm. that was another helpful season because it was just a different posture. But I think like a regular counseling has its own way, spiritual direction, because there's an accountability to show up and develop in that way question Jonathan you ask a lot of questions when's Greg back (laughs) (laughs) Greg asks good questions too um but my question is for people who like I think we're select because my previous work experiences had nothing like the accountability that I am privileged to have here and I think a lot of people are in those situations where there is unhealthy accountability relationships, maybe from them down to somebody or from them with somebody ver- uh, horizontally, like somebody that they're just a peer with or somebody above them. What is a step, a real step that you can take to begin to build accountability into more of a healthy thing? Let's say if, if you're in an unhealthy accountability relationship with your boss What's a step you can take? Like if there's if there's friction there or if you are leading somebody and you notice that they're resenting your accountability when you bring that word up, like how can you start to break down those barriers? I think the really tough one is 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 when your boss has you has the accountability and it's it's in an unhealthy way. And I've experienced that in the past, but like what do you do about that aside from distance yourself from that person? You know? Well, I, I think I want to be clear too. I think like m- me being uncomfortable with the way that my boss is treating me, it could be his issue or her issue. It could be my issue. I could be somebody who is not mature in particular areas where I can receive any kind of feedback. And what I might be determining as like oppressive accountability might be just somebody for the first time in my life telling me to be responsible. That's true. Yeah. But if my boss is somebody who I can't change my boss, you can't ever change another person. Um, You can't necessarily change the environment you're in. 
So you can either leave the environment or you can find someone else outside of that environment to process with. And I, th because again, if, yeah, if you're working at A&W, you're not going to have a trust relationship with your, yeah. your manager, you know, or, and they're going to be telling you all kinds of things that could be right, wrong, or otherwise. I think you have to find, a, a, for me, it's a small group of people that are, are generally are for me in my development that I'm discussing these particular concerns or mm. issues with that can help me see what is truth, what is not. What do I keep? What do I throw out? Where do I need to change? Where does yeah. this person just happens to be a complete jerk? And I've had all that. I've had bosses that were just wretched to work for in construction. And I've had... Um, so I, I, but I was never going to change them. Mm. Uh, but in some ways, I changed myself, and I, and as I processed with with other people, what this particular boss was saying to me, and um, they helped me kind of take certain things seriously and other things not seriously at all. Right. And I was able to just kind of almost not even receive <laughs> what the person was saying anymore. Because it was so ridiculous and irrational. Anyway, so yeah, what can you do? Find out if there's anything you need to change about yourself because you might just be receiving everything wrong. Um, process with a small group of people, I think. Do life with a small group of people that are for you, that you trust. So I think things like life groups or small groups of friends. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with the... I was just like... We're circling back to the priority of community. Um, having a grid that you can run feedback through. <laughs> I mean, we're, we've said a lot of the same things over the last two and some of the conversations around here about feedback. Having people that you trust to talk to about things that are yeah. said. But even committing to to grow in a small group of people. Um and recommitting, I I have had a couple times in my life where I've looked around and realized just on autopilot with whether it's sisters or friends or um, small groups, whatever it would be, we're just on autopilot. When was the last time we actually like checked in, did like, this is what's going on in my life. These are the big issues. This is, these are some of the smart goals that I have for myself. Mm. And as much as we like, Hoo-hoo, like New Year's resolutions or that kind of stuff. Um, the posture of wanting to grow or wanting to, you know, employ health to my life or I want to eat less meat. I don't eat any, but whatever it would be. Um, just encur encouraging and increasing those kind of connections in, in relationship and being willing to have, have conversations that are like, who are you open with? Who sees your life? Who do you have the conversations that you don't want to have? Whose questions would you answer that, you know, who asks you questions like that? Like, yeah. 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 I think in some ways too, it's like, um, where you work doesn't matter as much as who you do life with. My work is not always going to, has not always been and may not always be, may rarely be, a place where I am going to grow and develop 
as a person, like in my character and in my personal development. And it, like that is so varying depending on where you are and usually doesn't happen. But who you do life with, those friends, family, co like whatever, that you actually are growing in, that's... Yeah, anyway, that's, I think, just important to note, right? Because, yeah, I agree. There's a lot, you know, you're not in a career, a lifelong career. You're moving from place to place. Yeah, it's not going to be the kind of environment. But who you do life with, I think there should be development, formation, accountability uh, there in a healthy way. But, yeah. That's about it. That's about it. I don't know that it's about it. I think we could. <laughs> could I think keep we just talking. cracked the egg open. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Finding people, man. Finding finding people that you can be open with is is very difficult in itself, or can feel difficult in itself. So, but that's a huge key. I think you're exactly right. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it is built instantly. Uh, you know, we, we build those relationships over time and they might not be forever relationships, but just looking around at the people, asking asking a question beyond where you're usually comfortable. When was the yeah. last time when was the last time you, you know, heard God speak? What was he saying? Mm. Or, you know, when was the last time you really felt lonely, isolated, struggle? Like what was what's the biggest struggle in your life right now? I don't know, just taking one step. Maybe that's a challenge for us. Mm. Um, I like that. Yeah. It's good. In the, you know, days and weeks ahead, what's one relationship that God might be highlighting where I just want to, I want to take one step further or mm. back towards somebody and yeah, asking them how they're doing. Nice. But, yeah. And for those out there that are listening, watching, and you've been hurt, uh, you've been hurt by accountability, you've risked, you've opened yourself up to people, uh, you've gone down this road and it hasn't worked out for you and you've been hesitant, I want to encourage you that uh, I encourage you to, you know, risk again in community, like look, continue to pursue that. It's the better way. Even though you've been hurt, I want to encourage you to find Maybe your way back. Maybe seek some healing. Yeah, seek some healing. Pastoral care, counseling, that kind of thing. Yeah. Pastoral counseling at Northside or somewhere else. Inner healing, we do sessions of inner healing with people as well at Northside or somewhere else. Um, clinical counselors are amazing. Wholeness, wellness, life group. Um, you know, We're here, contact us if you want or your local church. Uh, or your local community that you're a part of. But just want to encourage you in that because I just sense that a lot of times we get hurt and and we don't want to open up again because we think it's going to be the same. But it doesn't have to be and prayerfully, hopefully won't be for you. So, Amen. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Maybe you'll, a- you'll come back. We'll Maybe. see. We'll see. If not, we'll see it off beat. Ha, 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 ha. Peace, sir. <laughs>